Welcome to the New to Jesus podcast, where we find foundational truths to help you take your first steps in your walk with Christ. Hey, this is Dan Berkman. Welcome back to the New to Jesus podcast. This is going to be a special episode that I felt led to post. Instead of going through Galatians chapter 2 in this episode, we'll have to wait for next episode uh, to go through that. But a while ago, I posted a series of videos entitled, Why You Should Witness or Why You Should Share the Gospel with Your Friends and Loved Ones. And a follow-up to that was, How? How can I share the gospel with my friends and loved ones? And so with the holiday season coming up, Thanksgiving being right around the corner, Christmas a little bit later, I think that this episode will really help a lot of people who are burdened for their friends and family that you might see only maybe once a year around the holiday season if you live far away. And so I wanted to give you some information from the Bible and from personal experience about how you can effectively and why you should share the gospel with your friends and loved ones. And so I hope that this episode is timely and is a blessing to you in this holiday season. We'll pick up our next episode with Galatians chapter 2. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's listen to this episode. Hey, what's up? Dan Bergman here, and I've had a lot of questions about why do we share the gospel? Do we share it so that we can be saved? Do we have to share the gospel in order to obtain salvation? Or why in the world do we share it? And that's what I want to share with you today. So first and foremost, right out of the gate, we do not need to share the gospel in order to be saved. It's something that's good and something that we should do. In fact, it was Jesus' last command and it should be our first priority as a believer. But sharing the gospel does not save anybody. What saves them is believing it. Recognizing that we are sinners before God and realizing that our sin is wicked. The Bible calls that repentance, change of mind about your sin, and receiving Jesus as your Savior. So you have that friend, that coworker, that family member, or maybe you're sharing the gospel online. Why do we do that? Well, the Bible says that we love him, speaking of Jesus, because he first loved us. When we share the gospel with somebody, it shouldn't be out of a, a heart of duty, like somebody's twisting our arm in order to do it. The Bible says that believers, those that have received Jesus as their Savior and been born again, they're going to go to something after they die that's known as the judgment seat of Christ. I'm going to be there, and if you know Jesus as your Savior, you're going to be there as well. That we're going to give an account to Jesus. Now, we're not going to be judged for our sin. All of your sin was already judged by God on the cross where he poured out his wrath upon his son. And so we're not going to be judged for our sin, but we will be judged for what we've done for Jesus. Now, that's not saying that if you do a bunch of stuff that you're going to get all kinds of rewards because the difference with the judgment seat of Christ and some normal award ceremony is that the rewards that we will or will not get are not based solely upon what we've done but they're based primarily upon our heart and our motives. And so the Bible says that if we've done all kinds of things, but they've been through the power of the flesh for selfish motives, 
that those things are going to end up being wood, hay, and stubble after they've been burnt up by the judgment seat of Christ. That doesn't mean that we are going to be burnt, okay? All of our judgment was already taken out on Christ, on the cross, for all of our sin. But the things that we receive as far as rewards in heaven have more to do with if we've done it out of a pure heart and a right motive. The Bible says that the things that we've done for Christ out of a heart of love and the power of the Spirit, those things are going to be like gold and silver and precious stones. And they will withstand the fire of his judgment. Not speaking of hell, but speaking of Jesus' burning gaze as he looks into our heart to see if the things that we've done for him were for selfish motives or for a heart out of love for him. And that gold, that silver, that precious stone is going to withstand that judgment. But things that weren't done out of a heart of love, like maybe sharing the gospel with your friend because you feel like you've just got to do it and you're upset about doing it and you don't want to do it, but you do it grudgingly anyway, the Bible says that that's going to be like wood, hay, and stubble at the judgment seat of Christ because it was done out of a heart of duty and necessity and you're grudgingly doing it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't do things for Christ even when we don't feel like it. The point is, we need to get our heart right. And so we share the gospel because we love Jesus, because he died for us, because he paid for our sin. And we're so grateful and so overjoyed by what he has done for us that we can't help but share it with others. That is why we share the gospel. We have a love for Jesus, and we have a burden and a love for people. The Bible says that when Jesus saw the multitude as sheep scattered abroad, having no shepherd, the Bible says he had compassion upon them. He was moved by seeing how lost and aimless they were, and that they were lost in their sin. When you see somebody on the street, or in your workplace or at school, do you see them as somebody that Jesus died for? And so we need to have a heart of love for Jesus and a heart of compassion for the lost. That is why I share the gospel, and that's why you should too. How do I share the gospel? How do I talk about Jesus to my friends and my family? And that's what we're gonna talk about today. So if you know Jesus as your savior and he's changed your life, that's the most powerful thing that you have to be able to share with somebody regarding the gospel, your own personal testimony. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have all kinds of scripture memorized, although having some in your mind does help. The most important thing is being able to share with somebody what Jesus has done for you how he has changed your life, how he has saved you, given you forgiveness, and redeemed you. And so we have, once we trust Christ, our own story. That is the first and foremost and most powerful thing that you can share with that friend or that family member. Simply tell them what Jesus has done 
for you. Oftentimes we can get into preacher mode. We can be spouting off scripture or trying to give the gospel to somebody in a way that is really not polite or kind or Christ-like. We're not commanded just to give the truth, but we're told to speak the truth in love. If we give the message of Jesus without the character of Jesus behind it, that's actually doing harm to the cause of Christ. There's been many who have given the message of the gospel, but they have done it in a way that would almost purposefully turn the listener off to hearing the message. Now the gospel message, the cross of Christ, is offensive. It's offensive in and of itself. We don't need to add offense to that by the way that we deliver it. I mean, you could tell somebody, you're gonna go to hell if you don't accept Jesus as your savior. That's the truth. That's absolutely the truth. But are you saying it in such a way that you're just throwing away that opportunity? You're casting it aside. You're not being a good steward of that opportunity. You're not showing them Jesus. You're just yelling a message at them in many ways that reflects the character of a Pharisee and not that of a Christ follower. The most attractive thing that that person will see regarding the gospel is your changed life, is the peace that you have that you didn't have before, is the joy that you have that you didn't know before, is the assurance that once you die, You'll be in heaven forever, not because of anything that you did in working your way or earning your way to heaven, but simply because Jesus died for you and you believe it. You accept it. You recognize your sin and you trust him as your savior. And so those items have more to do with our delivery. Now that we've mentioned that it needs to be done in a heart of love, seeing that person as somebody that Jesus died for, now we'll talk more about the content of what you would share with that person. One of the foundational things in sharing the gospel with somebody is helping them understand that they are lost, helping them understand that they are a sinner. You see, if we try and share the gospel message, but we remove the idea of sin, that doesn't make any sense. What are they gonna to need to be saved from? Why do they need to be saved? If somebody doesn't understand that they've sinned against a holy and almighty God and that their sin has earned them a penalty, that penalty is not only physical death, we all die one day because of our sin, but that penalty is also an eternal separation from a holy and just God who the Bible says in flaming fire takes vengeance upon them that don't know him as their savior. So it all starts back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. You see, if somebody believes that we just got here through evolution, through the Big Bang and that millions and millions of years of death brought mankind into the world and we're just animals and they don't even believe God exists, they're not gonna wanna hear about Jesus dying for them. That doesn't make sense. Why, why would Jesus die for them? They have to understand the foundational truth that God is, that God exists, that he created everything 
including mankind, and that mankind, Adam and Eve, fell into sin and thereby plunged the entire human race into sin. And we are now earning and deserving of God's judgment. And so helping them to realize that they're a sinner, that they were born with a sinful nature, with a desire and a bent towards sinning against God. That's foundational. There's verses like Romans 3.10, which says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. We can't be good enough to earn our way to heaven. We are not righteous, we are sinful, we are ungodly, and we're deserving of God's judgment. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They need to understand that they are part of that word all. They are not an exception. They also are sinners, fallen short of God's glory and deserving of God's judgment. You can also explain to them and relate to them, connect the dots with an illustration, such as when you're a kid, you disobey your parents, you do something wrong. Your parent has to punish you, right? Whether it's a timeout or a spanking or losing some kind of privileges, there has to be some kind of punishment because if that parent did not discipline or punish that child, they would be looked at as not so great of a mom or dad if they just let anything fly, let their kid do what they want, even if it's hurting and destroying things, if they just let that kid do what he or she wants to do, and they're allowed to just destroy stuff and hurt people without any punishment, it's quite obvious that that parent would be a bad parent. How can we think that God can be just and right and not punish our sin? Oftentimes we can show somebody that they are in fact a sinner if they argue with you about this point by showing them the Ten Commandments. You see, in the Bible, it says that the law, the Ten Commandments, was given that every mouth might be stopped and the whole world might become guilty before God. That's what James says. Also, the Bible says that the law is our schoolmaster, our teacher to bring us to Christ, to show us that we need salvation. So you can ask that person, have you ever told a lie before? Have you ever looked on a man or a woman lustfully before? Have you ever stolen before? Have you ever said OMG before, using God's name in vain? Have you ever worshiped or desired something in your life more than God. Well, if they've said yes to any of those, they're guilty of breaking multiple of God's commandments. And also in the Bible, it says if, if a man keeps the whole entire law and yet offends in one point, he's guilty of the whole thing. It's just as if he had broken all of the commandments. And so based on those commandments, you can ask that person, if God were to judge you right now, based on those Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? This is helpful if the person believes that they're good enough, that they are a good person. If you show them that they've broken one or two or three or more of God's commandments, you can help them understand that based upon the Bible, they are guilty.
And the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death. What sin earns you is death. So one of the very first things you need to do in sharing the gospel with a person is to help them understand that they are a sinner. You can't have the gospel without mentioning sin. They need to recognize their sin and they need to repent. Repentance means to change your mind about it. This is the second point that I would focus on in sharing the gospel with a person. They need to recognize their sinfulness. Secondly, they need to repent. Repentance doesn't mean that you change your life. It doesn't mean that you clean yourself up before you get to God. It just means that you recognize that your sin is wicked. You recognize that it's wrong. You agree with God about your sin. It's a change of mind. Now that change of mind will lead to a change of action, but it's not the action in and of itself. It's a mindset. It's a heart attitude about your sin. And so you need to help that person understand that they need to recognize their sin and need to repent. Jesus himself said, unless ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Their very first word out of Jesus's mouth as he began to preach the gospel was repent. People need to understand that their sin is wicked and wrong. And so they need to recognize their sin. They need to repent of it. And then thirdly, they need to receive Jesus as their savior. Recognizing that Jesus is God's provision for them to be saved. That they couldn't earn their own way to heaven. They couldn't pay for it. They couldn't be good enough to undo their bad deeds. It's like if you had a pot of soup and there was some poop thrown in with the soup. So it became poop soup. You wouldn't want to think that, well, the soup is okay. I mean, it's just got, you know, one turd in there. Forgive the crudeness of this illustration, but you get the point. Our wickedness, our sin, cannot be undone by any amount of good that we can do. In Isaiah, it says that all of our righteousness is filthy rags in God's sight. And so they need to understand that they cannot possibly earn their salvation, that they are hopeless and undone and lost in their sin. But then they need to recognize, like I said, that Jesus, who is God in human flesh, this is important, He's God himself, come down from heaven in a human body, God the Son, Jesus the Messiah, who never did anything wrong. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and then he died on a cross. And the reason that he died on the cross is not because the Romans put him there. It's not because the Jews put him there. Jesus said that he himself was laying down his life willingly as a sacrifice. And he laid down his life to pay the penalty for that person that you're talking to. He laid down his life to pay the penalty for me, for you, and for all mankind. And so he died on the cross. Having done nothing wrong, he became our substitute sacrifice. 
That's why in John chapter 3, in verse 16, Jesus says, For God so loved the world. That's you. That's your friend. That's your family member. That he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That has the idea of eternal separation from God. That that person should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus didn't stay dead. This is very important. Jesus died. He was buried in a new tomb. And then three days later, this is what we celebrate on Easter or Resurrection Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead, showing that the payment for your sin was paid in full. And so according to the Bible, we recognize our sin. We agree with God that it's wicked and wrong. And we receive Jesus as our Savior. We believe that he died and rose again to pay for our sin. If you can communicate that with that person, that is the Bible way to be saved. Not by being good enough, not even by getting baptized or joining a church or giving to the poor. All those things are good, but they have nothing to do with our salvation. Our salvation is in Jesus alone and his payment on the cross for our sin. And you don't even necessarily need to pray a prayer. You need to believe. That's an internal thing in your heart. And so where the rubber meets the road is that person needs to recognize their sin, need to repent of it or agree with God that it's wicked and wrong. And then they believe in their heart as best they know how, just like you believe right now that the chair that you're sitting in is gonna hold you up. They believe in their heart as best they know how that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for their sin. And they ask him to forgive them and to save them. That's what we need to communicate with somebody when we are sharing the gospel with them. And I don't know you, but I'll be praying for you as maybe this Christmas season or on some holiday visit or whenever it is that you encounter that person, maybe it's at work. I'll be praying for you as you share the gospel with them. And remember, that person that you're talking to, even though they may demean you, say awful things, reject you, that person is somebody that Jesus loves and that he died for. Don't forget that as you share the gospel with this person. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the New to Jesus podcast. You can go to our website, newtojesus.com. That's new, the number two, jesus.com. If you'd like to find me on social media, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at danielbergman99. And if you'd like to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that helps us to get in front of more people to help them take their first steps as new believers in Jesus.